Hello and welcome to Left of the Dial. I am your host, Kitsy, and with me, as always, is the ineffable Caleb Coy. Caleb, how that, are you? That's me. I'm great. Um, we, got, we got about probably an hour or so until the medicine I just took kicked in. And oh so boy. I, think, I think we're in, uh, in good shape. I think we can do it. Okay, what's, uh, <laughs> what's the medicine you just took, if you don't mind me asking? Well, uh, I'm, uh, I'm still healing from my, uh, my surgery on my septum, which is my, I might sound a little bit nasally. Um, I got uh, some stuff in my face repaired so that I actually breathe really well now. It's amazing. That's good. Uh, Breathing's kind of important. Yeah, yeah. But uh, still feeling a little bit of pain. Uh, and so uh, I took a, a nice uh, natural uh, pain remedy. So, <laughs> sweet. Yes. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's try to kick this off before you get too loopy here. Uh, why don't you tell us about uh, the record you picked this week and the track that we just heard coming into the the, the podcast? Absolutely. So, uh, first of all, I've got to start off by explaining that, like, uh, I I introed this record last week by saying it reminded me of a bunch of like mid two thousands uh, indie rockers deciding they were going to play jazz. And if you listen to this record, you're going to say, Caleb, this is not jazz. And I understand that. Now, I do have a, I have a fundamental uh, lack of understanding of how music genre works. Uh, that's always been true. And no matter how long I've been involved in music or how much I've consumed, I continue to not really understand genres. Uh, I go based on moods. So when I say that this uh, record reminds me of indie rockers playing jazz, I listen to the rhythm section and think, like, these guys, they're playing jazz. And the guitarists are like, yeah, we could do that, too, but they can't. <laughs> uh, so, uh, of course, if you've read the, uh, the title of the, the, the uh, podcast at all, you know that I'm talking about the record Birds by the band Dead Red Sea. Um, and I, I did something kind of weird with this. With this. Um, so... Dead Red Sea is uh, one of several projects by a man named Ryan Shelkett out of uh, Baltimore. Uh, and at some point or another, uh, I probably will talk about more of these because I actually really like a lot of his music. Uh, and there's Liars Academy and Cross My Heart. And actually, uh, Kitsy, when you and I were first living together at Whiskey Outpost, uh, he had uh, another project called Desert Boys, uh, which was really dope. It was kind of like alt-country, Jim Blossoms-esque, uh, just really fun stuff. You, I, like, we need to do that record for sure, just based on yeah. that. Uh, I've got to see if they ever actually released anything where they had like two jams on MySpace when MySpace was still a thing. Um, oh boy. So, yeah, but really good shit. Anyway, so I love Ryan Shelkett's bands. Surprisingly, this is my least favorite of them. But when I say that, that is still to say I love this record. It's really interesting. Uh, so, anyone that's familiar with it, kind of like. Uh, early to mid 2000s, really slow, kind of picky, moody, broody, emo stuff. Think like Mineral and, and like that kind of era, uh, Sunday's Best and whatnot. This record's going to feel really familiar. There's a lot of that. But there's some weird shit too. So the track that we uh, introed with is actually the last track on the record. It's Nowhere, Nothing. Uh, that fade out was not planned. That's not audio engineering. That's the whole track. That's it. Uh, and as I mentioned last time, I love a short song, a short song, especially if it makes no sense for it to be short. It just ends. I love that. Like, it's weird to me and I love it. So uh, that kind of kicks off exactly why I like this record. And so I mentioned there's a lot of the like kind of moody, slow emo songs. Um, 
really good example of that would be The Rain. The Rain's a good one. Uh, that's track number four. this kind of broodiness to it you know you're the rain wash yourself all over me and it's like very visual in the lyrics and you know I like that a lot but then like it switches to like there's spy shit on this uh track three humanoid and uh the third to last track the title track birds both make me think of like spy music like, would now, it be mo- now, what do you mean by spy music exactly? <laughs> That's a great question. I'm glad that you asked. Uh, so I'm thinking like Bond movie type soundtrack or like Spy Hunter type like video game music. The kind of stuff that you like expect. They're both instrumental tracks. They both have this like weird kind of dissonance, droney repetition to them. And just like it just it. Like I said, I don't fuck all about music genres, but it calls to mind to me the mood of spying. Very interesting. Right? Yeah. And I, um, I don't really so I even actually, understand why, but like that's what I think of when I hear those tracks. So I do um I do I do kind of understand why, especially for, for the title track Birds. Um, which correct me if I'm wrong, that was an instrumental track, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. both birds and uh and humanoid. Uh, it was humanoid, yeah. Both of them are instrumental tracks. Yeah, I um I found it interesting that the title track to the record was an instrumental. Um, that was that just I wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah. But I, I think par- part of the reason that this song in particular might remind you of uh, of spy music, if I can get a little music theory nerd on you here. Oh, please do. Um, 
the the guitar line in there is uh is in the Phrygian mode. Okay. Which uh is is kind of a it's the best way to describe it. It's kind of like a Middle Eastern, like Arabic kind of scale. Uh, it has that feel to it. Um, what it actually really reminded me of was the the little guitar lead in the um, in the Offspring song "Come Out and Play." Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, but I believe I might. Have, I'll have to double check this. But I believe the um, the James Bond theme is also in that Phrygian scale. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, which is uh, basically just a major, or no, a minor scale with a flat second. So, like, think like Jaws, you know, going from the da-da, that's, yeah. that's a one to a flat second. So that kind of, yeah, Phrygian. So, so yeah, that's me being a, a big fucking nerd <laughs> about music. I, I actually <laughs> love that you, like, you can hear me say that it makes me think of spy music, and you understand why. I don't. <laughs> I, just, I just know I think, man, I could spy to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Going back, I think I mentioned uh, The Rain already. That's uh, track four. Um, and this is one of the songs in particular that kind of gives me that jazz vibe. It's this really laid back. Um, it kind of feels like almost like a, a really like not a traditional waltz in this. sense of like the, 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 the sort of drum beat or even like uh, rhythm to the, the, uh, the rest of the instrumentation but just like has that kind of time signature, just really slow, uh, very like just chill. Like the, the, the cymbal hits are very crisp uh, and just uh, has this kind of floating feel to it. And it's like that kind of like you could dance to it. You could slow dance to it. And, it's like, it's really interesting to me. I, I like that now for the second episode in a row, you, you've, you've promised yourself you wouldn't do like vocalizations of, uh, of the music. And yet here we are two episodes it's, in a row and you've done it again. Here we are. And I'll probably do it again because I guess I really can't help myself. And, and much like last, uh, last week's episode, I'm not going to cut that out. I'm going to leave it right in there. <laughs> this time I, I don't expect you to. Okay. But, uh, it would have been nice last time, but I understand why for the laughs that you didn't. It was, I mean, we got to get the laughs somehow, right? It's, yeah. We're not, we're not a comedy podcast, but we have to at least be a little funny. 
But then, like, we go from these uh, the kind of, like, slow, emo, jazzy tracks and these, like, weird spy music instrumentals to, like, there's a full-on, like, country breakdown uh, in the track called uh, It's So Hard to Be Alive. Yeah, there is. <laughs> and, like, I could totally, like, in my head, I hear this song and I'm sitting around a campfire somewhere out in, like, you know, West Texas and it's a like a bright starry night and you know we're cooking something it's probably chilly <laughs> definitely chilly <laughs> Sometimes it is so hard to be alive, but this song makes me feel like maybe it isn't. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so, again, like there's just there's a lot of really like bizarre flexibility in the songwriting on this that you wouldn't expect. Um, and if you listen to Ryan Schelke's various projects, you'll hear a, a lot of similarities in the way that uh, he writes uh, like melodies, the way that he, the the band's write guitar parts and whatnot. But I feel like this one pulls in little pieces of the other projects. Uh, there's a, like, Cross My Heart tended to be a lot more, like, rougher around the edges, uh, early 2000s indie tor- sort of stuff. Uh, Liars Academy was more, like, driving rock. And uh, if you could say that any of the records were polished, the, those records were more so. And this sits somewhere in between where... Uh, it has bits of polish, but it also feels kind of sloppy at times. Uh, and if you remember from, from last episode, when I talk about how I like a really like, well-put-together, like, overproduced, like, polished piece of music, uh, it's weird for me to like something like this because it's, it's not the exact opposite, but it's pretty close. And so, like, that's why yeah, I chose I, it. I have to say, listening to this record, I, I had not heard this record before. Uh, you you uh, brought this to the to the podcast, and I was a little surprised by, you know, especially just, again after last week talking about how I tend to prefer the more raw uh, stuff, and you tend to prefer the more uh, really slick production mm-hmm. on stuff. And um, so I think it's it's even more surprising, not only that you uh, that you liked this record, but that I really didn't. <laughs> Um, I, I, I wanted to, and I tried to, and I listened to it a good three times, hoping that like, maybe it was one of those like slow burns. Um, and I just, I had such a hard time connecting with this record. I Um, can totally see that. And I like can totally get why, which, which is weird too, because the, the, the first thing I thought like 30 seconds into the first track was this kind of reminds me of breaking Pangea. 
Mm. And I loved Breaking Pangea. Yeah. Um, and there were times where it reminded me a bit of the Promise Ring, who I also love. So it was yep. it was just I, I was almost disappointed with myself for not <laughs> being able to get into this record because I feel like it's the kind of record I should love. And I just I just couldn't get into it. I'm like, I get really conflicted about this record because I do love it. But there are also times when I really don't. And like, there's something challenging about it to me. And um, more often than not, when I'm listening to music, like I'm not really trying to challenge myself. I'm looking for something that like kind of takes me out of the moment and like I can just listen to and be lost. And I'm not trying to like think about why I like it. Um, but this record is one of those ones that like I think about why I like it or like sometimes why I don't. Like I'll go long periods of time without listening to this record uh, and then I'll, I'll take it out again. I'm like... Wow, the rains that, like, I really love this track. Like, there's like something like so soothing about it, and uh, I don't know, it's, it it speaks to me. And like the the second to last track, which almost is kind of like a title track in his, in of itself. It's called the Red Sea, and that's another like very again like mineral esque, very picking, very slow and moody sort of song, and. Every now and then I just go back to that style. And there's something weird about like this era in particular where I feel like uh, when bands made music like this, the vocals didn't necessarily, I don't know if they didn't feel like they had to try or maybe they thought that like sounding a little bit off was good for the song. I don't know, but like that happens a fair amount on this record. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, this was what? This was 2004? Yeah. Yeah, around that. Yeah, so, so uh, I mean, auto-tune was a thing, for sure. But, uh, but it was I a thing you it, only did if you sold out. Yeah, like, I think, I think that was, uh, especially in, in, you know, more like indie, punk, emo, whatever, whatever you want to call it kind of music, I think uh, the idea of, like, tuning vocals was, you know, well, you just don't do that. Oh my God. Um, which I think has has uh, has pretty much gone away based on what I'm hearing coming out now. If everyone seems to tune their vocals now, which is fine. I mean, it's a tool that you use in the studio to achieve a result. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. The very first time that I was in a studio and the producer said, make it feel good. I'll make it sound right. I said, fuck yeah, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I think that's... You know, I I would much rather hear, even if it's not tuned, I would much rather hear a a passionate performance than an accurate one. I feel like it, as long as you're capable of like doing close enough live, then like auto tune away. Uh, if you can't really nail it live, then maybe like maybe you're a good songwriter, but maybe not the the best front person. I don't know. Like that's personal opinion. I'm not going to take anyone else's joy away. Uh, but like, it, it is always weird to me when you hear something that's like perfectly polished on a recording and then you see the person live and like, they just, they can't do it. I would rather hear them on the recording, how they actually sound just being honest about it. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think there's a big difference between like some minor, um, pitch correction, uh, and some pitch drift correction, especially, uh, yeah. versus like, you know, taking a completely out of tune performance and tuning it. So it sounds 
like someone can sing when they really can't. There's a huge difference there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's worth pointing out. But seeing as none of that really happened on this record, we're yes. <laughs> going off on a tangent. <laughs> um, and that's okay, because that's what we do. But uh, what if you had to pick one track as like your standout track for this record, what would it be? I think probably Bad Man. That's track two. Okay. Um, had like it's it's a really kind of like self-aware track uh it's very like self-deprecating you know such a bad man on the road with my bad friends stop to look at the tragedy on the road to nowhere it's a very kind of like lost and drifting sort of uh song and it's another one it's like it's very slow it's very picky but in its own way it gets almost anthemic well, like there's this moment at the end where he's singing, stop driving me, stop driving me on the road to nowhere. And like, it, it gets kind of huge. And like that always sticks out to me. Yeah, I enjoyed I, the, that one as well. The uh, line especially, I, I didn't lose, but misplaced my mind. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's that's really good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this one as well. In fact, the, the notes that I wrote for it was, um, this is the closest thing to a single that this record has. That's fair. <laughs> that's absolutely um, fair. Because <laughs> honestly, for me, like all of these songs blended a bit together and it's it's hard for me to kind of differentiate which is why I just, that's why i took notes because i'm like i'm never going to remember these songs uh at all um when we go to do this this uh recording but uh i do remember that one being uh, that was kind of the one where i was like all right i could i could see digging this song i'm glad you gave it a shot yeah no i mean it's... that's kind of that's kind of what this this podcast was about uh at least for me was like hoping to discover new music that I might not otherwise find. Uh, yeah. And like I said, I, I, I very much picked this one uh, as kind of like an out of my comfort zone sort of pick uh, and as like a total pivot from last week's and even from like uh, from a lot of what I'm going to pick in upcoming weeks, uh, which like I've already kind of thought ahead of what I'm going to do. But like this one, I wanted to kind of like totally go out of left field and do something different. Why don't you pick one last track to uh, take us out of this segment? Go on. Let's let's actually end on the uh, the first track. Um, Love is in the air and is floating away. All right, we'll hear that. Uh, we'll hear a little bit of that, and then we'll hear from our sponsors, and we'll be back to talk about my pick. That's the most emo song title ever. Yeah, it is.
Hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight, And I'm Caleb Coy. And together we plumb the murkiest depths and scour the darkest corners of the internet in search of movies. Movies you might have missed. Or purposefully skipped over. We break down the madness and offer tiny tidbits of trivia. Or sometimes just yell into the abyss about how these movies ever got made. Catch a new episode every week.
Ready to talk about some press club? I am actually very ready for this. Um, I will say, like, I started trying to take notes. Um, I listened to this a, a few. I was just just traveling recently. I went out to Seattle, uh, and I listened to. Wait, this hang on. I got to do. I got to do the return from the break first. Oh, we can't just go into it. I thought we could just go into it. No, we can't just go into it. We got to do this. I got a whole format going, man. Okay. Okay. Did you not listen to last week's episode? That's how they're all going to be. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Left of the Dial. I am your host, Kitsy, and with me, uh, as always, is Caleb Coy. I am still here. Yeah, you're still here. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about my pick for the week, which is uh, the album Late Teens by the band Press Club. So this, uh, this is a record that I got turned on to last summer. Uh, when I went on tour with, uh, with Turnspit, I was filling in on them for, for bass for about a, uh, like a 10 day run. And, uh, Jason and Jillian, um, turned this record on in the van and, uh, I fell in love with it just instantly. Um, so shout out to, uh, to Jason and Jillian from, from, uh, Turnspit rest in peace Turnspit. Yeah. This record just, it, it rules. It just rules. Yeah. It just rules. That's all I can say. Like, I just, <laughs> Like, you know, you and I kind of have this, like, ongoing theme of hell yeah as, uh, like, a catchphrase in our lives. And this record just, to me, is hell yeah the whole way through. Hell yeah. (laughs) So, I'm curious to hear what you thought of this, because this, to me, would not be the kind of record you would go for. So, uh, I was traveling recently. Uh, I spent uh, Saturday through Tuesday out in Seattle for work, and... Uh, while both on a plane as well as just kind of wandering the city, uh, both perfect opportunities to listen to uh, some of the the songs that we're going to be talking about uh, this weekend next. Um, I put this record on with no idea what to expect, uh, knowing uh, what we did last week. And I fucking loved this. This was an absolutely fantastic record. I have like kind of one standout moment that I didn't like and like a, a couple of minor nitpicks, but honestly, like fuck that. Like this was great. <laughs> I would I would love to hear what that standout moment is though. Uh I I can I can do it. First, uh do you want to tell us about the uh, the track that we just heard? Oh sure, yeah. So we we heard uh, we heard the, pretty much the middle of uh, suburbia, uh, which is the third track on this record, which uh, yes. is my personal favorite. Um, I the the chorus uh, I left my heart in the suburbs. Uh, I find it so hard to not sing along to that every time it plays. It's so singable. It really is. It's... Like like I just that that in particular. That's one of those choruses where I just want to be in the front row at the show with my fist in the air, screaming the words right back at them, Um, which is not something I do much now that I'm in my 30s. Uh, Right. I'm usually found more towards the back of the room these days. But, uh, yeah, this is one of those bands that, like, I I would really want to get right up front and uh, really get into it. uh, If there's a seat, I'm in it at this point in my life, being almost 40. Uh, but like, I'm right there with you. Like I hear that, like I'm, you know, I'm sitting in my plane seat, like middle seat of three, uh, on a four hour flight. And like with as little space as I have, I'm, I'm bopping like <laughs> hard in the suburbs. <laughs> oh, I would have loved to have seen that. 
Uh, so yeah, I, I, I hear that exactly. That is such a singable, uh, and like catchy chorus. And it's that kind of stuff that like right away, like really grabbed me about this record. For me, this is another one of those records where I think the songs are just really killer. Um, and I don't, I don't know much about this band other than that they're from Australia and they sound fucking awesome. Um, but I, I get the sense that they write as a band. This isn't someone writing songs and then coming to the band saying, here are the songs I've written, um, you know, do what you're going to do, but this is how it goes. Like I get the sense that they write, you know, they're all in a room together, banging out a a jam. And I feel that vibe. Yeah. Cause the songs are very cohesive. They're not, yeah, a, they are. They're not a collection of parts. They right. feel like a song. Yeah, and like there's no there's no real um wasted energy in any of the songs. Uh which is interesting because that's the title of the new record they just put out, which is also fantastic. <laughs> I'll have um, to check that out. Yeah, you should. It's it's really good. Um I, I still this is still my favorite of, of what I've heard of them, but uh the new record is also pretty pretty kick ass. But yeah, I just I the there's so many hooks. There's you know, they don't really leave you bored at any point. Like it's just it's very it, it's just this 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 is the kind of record that just grabs you and just doesn't let go. And I and I love that. So I think you're gonna be really pleased that like so I I, uh, I use Spotify heavily. That's my my main like music streaming service. Um, and when I particularly like something, especially if I know I want to save it for later use for, say, when I'm on a plane and don't have internet or whatnot, I will save the record locally. Uh, and so if, like, if you take a look at my, like, my quote-unquote library in Spotify, uh, it's a fair indication of what I'm into lately. Uh, and I like, spot-checked a few tracks on this record and then immediately hit that download button. Like, I know I'm going to want to listen to this later, like, for real, and not just, like, in passing just to be able to talk about it for this. Like, I'm going to listen to this, like, you know, on my walk to work tomorrow, probably. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy. I'm so <laughs> glad you're into this. Because I really didn't think you were going to be, and I'm, I'm so happy that you are. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so you had asked me earlier, like, what, like, what is it that, that, I, that stood out that I didn't like? Um, there are kind of two parts. Um, one is a very, very minor nitpack, nitpick, and it actually uh, it makes a lot more sense now that you said they're from Australia. Um, I, I always struggle a little bit with people who sing punk rock with a British accent uh, because it's, it feels very played out. It feels very, like, uh, trying to be, like, 70s, 80s, like, Britpunk. Trying to be the Sex uh, Pistols, basically. Exactly. Exactly. But if you actually have an accent, then I have no complaints with you whatsoever. So <laughs> there's, uh, what is it? Is, I think it's uh, track one or track two where uh, she says, don't be that guy. Uh, yeah. But it's said with a very like, don't be that guy. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. But again, now that I know Australian actual accent, no objections. I, uh, I withdraw my, uh, I withdraw my case. <laughs> Confused when I saw the bruises on your neck. When I said it out loud, your desperation was the best. But 
but there is one moment that like I really wanted to to like, and I I thought maybe maybe it's just like the, it's too noisy on the plane. There's too much ambient noise, and I'm not like picking out the fine details because a lot of times like. If uh, if a room I'm in is really noisy and there's a song that's on, even if I really know the song, I can't like, I can hear the lyrics, but like the melody is completely lost. Like like I can know the song backwards and forwards, but like I can't hear it in my head if there's too much like dissonance. So I, I thought maybe that problem. was it. Yeah, uh, and I thought maybe that was it. But on uh, the Golden State, sorry, Golden State track five, yeah, yeah, track five, uh, the chorus. Um, which is really well written. You're making it harder for me to come home. The blood's spilling out of your veins, and I know that I, I, I can't give it. I can't give it to you. My heart's not ready, not ready to lose. I'm taking it hard. Like, it's really like powerful lyrics, and she gets to that point and just starts belting it, which has a lot of passion and emotion to it, but there's no, like, no melody to it at all. It's basically just yelled and like. I couldn't reconcile that because there's a lot of really cool stuff musically going on uh, that like if there was any movement at all in the vocals of that chorus would have been absolutely killer to me. Like there would have been not a single like not a single bad part of the record to me if if it weren't for that. Interesting. Yeah. Like I said, there's a lot going on in like this really like kind of like cool high like octavy guitar part uh, like in the background and like the the first couple notes that you're making it harder uh like there's a little bit of movement to that and like i'm hearing i'm like okay i'm ready for this but then it just goes monotone Uh, I was listening, as I said, uh, the, the last time around I was listening on the plane, uh, and so I was trying to take notes, in, like squeezed in between two other people, and while kind of drifting in and out of, of sleep. So I didn't take good notes, but <laughs> that like there were there were definitely things that stood out to me. Most of them very positive. That was the only thing that stood out to me. I was like, eh, I wish it was different. Awesome. Uh, I'm really curious to hear what you thought of the production on this record because 
um, I was almost certain that you were going to not like it specifically because of the production. So there are, as we talked about last week, there are some records that lend themselves very well to not being polished, to just being a little bit rough around the edges, musically, vocally, uh, you know, not, not a lot of like extra tracks or extra takes. It's just, uh, there's a, an energy and a passion and a rawness to it that really work. And this is one of those records to me, like it's a little bit grittier in the tones. Uh, the vocals are a bit, uh, a bit fuzzy, a bit growly, a bit broken up. Uh, and it fits her voice and it fits the melodies of the songs. Uh, and when I like you know, the the first few notes, I was like, I don't like. Is this gonna be one of those records? Am I am I not really gonna dig this? But as soon as she starts singing, like it was over. Uh, and I even like uh, I you know, talk about right from the beginning, uh, track one, crash. Uh, <laughs> one of the notes that I took uh, was Appleseed cast drums, because there's these like yes. huge yes. <laughs> Like these big, like um, low-level L, like huge snare rolls, and like, like that's gonna get me every time. I'm gonna love you if you do something like that. And they just come right out the gate with it. I'm like, all right, we can do this. <laughs> yeah, you know that's uh, that's actually a really interesting track to me because um, the being the first track on the record, you know. Um, you usually want your first track to be something that just grabs people right away. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that they achieved that for you for sure. Mm -hmm. um, to me, I thought it was a little, um, a little interesting that it took a solid two minutes to really kick in and get to the chorus. Um, that to me seemed like an odd choice. And I don't, I'm not saying I didn't like it cause I, I do, but for the first song on the record, uh, I don't know that I would have gone that route uh, if I was the one putting this record together.
I loved the production on this record. Mm -hmm. um, I think it is extremely well produced, uh, in spite of the fact that it's a very raw sound, uh, which I think is just the really it's the sound that's the sound the band has. Yes. Uh, but I find the production to be very slick in spite of that, but in a, in a good way. Um, you know, the, everything sounds huge. The guitars sound huge. The drums sound huge. The bass sounds huge. Her voice sounds huge. It's And that's really hard to achieve because yeah. to, to get something to sound huge, usually you have to have something else that sounds small, you know, because it's all relative. You know, for something to be loud, something else has to be quiet. And in this, it's just the, the whole band, uh, you know, everything is just huge in its own way. And I love that about it. I think that's a big part of why uh, I liked this record so much, uh, despite you thinking I wouldn't, uh, is because a lot of what I don't like about kind of, we'll say, I guess, quote unquote, lower production value or more like raw records is a lot of times like it doesn't feel like there's a lot of oomph to it. And to me, like there's so much energy and so much emotion in music, but like if it kind of like sonically falls flat on my ears then like it's really hard for me to get into it but like if it feels huge then i'm gonna have huge feelings about it i think one of my favorite things about uh, about this band is the guitar work in this mm -hmm. band They're, they have a single guitar player which i think is really cool really um yeah one guitar player wow um, I do, I, I'm fairly certain. In fact, I, I know for sure, um, cause I listened to it in my studio on my nice monitors that there are definitely a lot of times at least two guitars going, mm -hmm. um, sometimes playing different, but complimentary things. Um, but I have, I've looked up some live videos of them on YouTube with, with just the one guitar player. And it still sounds really huge, uh, when they're playing live, which is awesome. But I, I like that they they do something that I think a lot of bands struggle to do, especially early on in their careers. And that is leave space. Mm. You know, there's a lot of times where the guitar leaves some space and it's not just a full on frontal assault of, you know, 16th notes for an entire song. Um, you know, it, it, there's, there's some dynamics to it. There's, there's a lot of, um, you know, intricacies to, to what the guitar player is doing. Um, that you might not pick up on first listen. And I, th I think that's just, you know, every time I listen to it, I hear something new. I'm like, Ooh, that was a cool little thing. Yeah. And I love and that. I love that you pointed that out because, uh, like I said, I, I took very minimal notes, but a lot of them, uh, in that context really are highlighting these like small things that they do that like may kind of get overlooked otherwise because, uh, like, uh, head wreck. Yeah, track two, Headwreck. Yeah. yeah, track two, Headwreck. Uh, there's this great moment uh, where it's this like kind of quiet chorus. Uh, you know, I'll bring my A game. Uh, and she's repeating that. And there's just these, like, the, the first chorus. There's just these, like, stick clicks on the, on the snare rim. Like, it's just the perfect level of like, it's driving the rhythm, but it's bringing the dynamics of the song like way down for a moment and then back into it. And like, there's, there's movement in the song and it's, yes, not, movement. Just, it's not just all one thing. Uh, it's not flat. Yeah. Because even if it, like a song can be huge and like that can be awesome. But like if a whole record is just 
always huge, always in your face, always like this like onslaught of like big guitars and big vocals, and there's no like no difference. That's not a good record necessarily. Uh, I mean, it, it can be. It, it can be, but like that alone isn't going to make for a good record. Uh, no. And it's those subtle things that you can do uh, by, you know, uh, a, a verse or a chorus where like everything drops out except the drums and bass or like it's just the vocals for like four beats or something, you know, things like that, that like it, it doesn't have to be much. It could be just that one moment in a song and like it just changes the whole thing. So speaking of, of the dynamics and uh, especially I, I really love when bands do a uh you know a quiet chorus like i yes. i love it when when the chorus is the thing that drops the energy a little bit um mm -hmm. cuz it's it's such a a, a counterintuitive choice to make and i think that yeah. makes it very interesting and i think a really good example of that is the second chorus in my body's changing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh where mm -hmm. it, it kind of uh you know the guitar part gets a little like sparkly twinkly um, you know, arpeggios and, uh, you know, I think we're doing like against, uh, rim, rim clicks on the snare. And I just, yeah. I love that moment. And I, I love that whole track. There's also, again, this is one of the ones I took notes on. There's just these really quiet gang vocals and gang vocals. Again, are, they're one of those things that usually like they're, they're part of like this, like, you know, a soaring, like final chorus or like a really catchy, like re repeating part of whatnot. But in this case, they use them so subtly. And like, that's just, it's really interesting. Yeah, I love that too. I love it. <laughs> Showed it to me. So on a on a completely different note, um, one of the the really big standout tracks for me is Side B, which is an instrumental track, mm -hmm. which I think is a very interesting choice for a band who has a singer that's just a singer. Not that you know, just a singer, but you know what I mean. Like, right. It it's interesting to do a track where a member of your band doesn't have anything to do in that track um and again I, i'm not saying it's a bad thing i think it's interesting and i i actually really really love that track i think it's it's uh you know it, it shows that they're they're not uh 
they're not like a one-dimensional band not that any of this record makes makes them uh you know come off as that but this really shows kind of the variety in their dynamics and their writing and uh and i, I just i i love that little interlude kind of in the middle of the record yeah and it like it's got this little like spaciness to it and like it brings the whole uh, mood and tempo like you know, we talk about dynamics within songs there's dynamics within records too it brings the whole feel of the record down for a moment like this little lull before coming back uh and i gotta imagine if this is a track that they play live ever it's a great moment for uh a singer to rest their uh their vocals and maybe take a drink of water and like catch their breath because uh, songs as intense as this uh can wear you <laughs> out really easily <laughs> For sure, for sure. Uh, I think the 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 thing that came to mind for me with this track was like, uh, it's it kind of makes me think of like if Explosions in the Sky were a punk band. Yes. Actually, there's, there's one thing I, I did want to ask you about before we, we wrap up here. Um, getting back to the production side of things. I thought for sure that the distortion, the constant distortion on the vocals was going to be a turnoff for you. And normally it is for me too. You know, I don't normally like affected vocals, um, especially yeah. as like a thing. Like if it's like a moment in a song, sure. Yeah. But like I... I like I normally would hate that, but for some reason with, with her voice, with this band, with these songs, it would be weird if it wasn't like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I think that it, it's exactly that it's the right combination of singer of melodies of, uh, you know, backing tracks and, uh, like overall production value. Like it, it feels, it almost, there are times when, the melody of a song like like sits kind of above and like apart from like the rest of the instrumentation. And there are times when the melody feels like another instrument being played and just meshes really like well with the, the like physical instruments that people are, are playing. Uh, and I feel like the way that they handled uh, her vocals, the, the, you know, the grittiness of it, the melodies uh, like it, it meshed in so well that like it like you know, you mentioned earlier that like quote unquote just a singer, like she's not actually playing an instrument and I, I 
say the the just the same way that you do with a, you know some snark to it because like vocals are very important. Um, it's like it contributes exactly as much as everyone else, and like, and I'm I'm, I'm reaching a point of rambling, but like I think you know what I mean. Like it it makes it flow together. Really I'm sorry. Well. Wait, you're you're just now reaching a point of rambling. Uh, I'm always rambling. That's my secret. <laughs> Good I'm old like rambling the coy, they call him. Like the Hulk, but instead of angry, I'm just always confused and stumbling <laughs> over my words. <laughs> what color do you turn though? Uh, bright red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. This is why. Um, I, I told you that I was, I was nervous about doing this podcast. Cause I'm like, how am I, like, I get rambly and like, like confused sounding when I talk about things that I like, because I get excited and then I forget what I was going to say. And then I'm just like, you know what I mean? Cause I'm excited and you should hear that in my voice. No, I get, I mean, I get it. It makes sense to me. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I think we've reached the point now in, in, in knowing each other that we don't even have to have a conversation that where like the sentences we're saying actually even make sense and we can still know what, what each other's talking about. I feel like, yeah, that's that, it, like, it works really well for our conversations. Uh, doesn't necessarily translate to trying to explain these things to other people. I'm working on that. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> I know there is, uh, you know, last, last week's episode and, and probably this one too, there was, you know, quite a few spots. I had to cut some stuff out. Cause I was just like, this, this is going to make sense to anybody, but Caleb and I, <laughs> what are we even talking about? Who even are these people? Um, I feel like so, with the, the the next record that I've chosen, the um, situation around why I picked it, uh, and like the the subsequent listens that I've given, uh, will hopefully give me some more substance and less. This record made me feel good. I mean, really, isn't that what you want every record to do? Make you feel that's, good. That's that's what I want every record to do but that's not how I want to describe every record. Cause otherwise it's a really short podcast. That's we true. Just, we get on for like a minute and a half and just be like, I really like this record. Cause it was like, it was fun. And like, I really like this record too. Cool. We'll see you next week. I mean, we could really just record the podcast once and I could just cut it every week with different songs and just keep <laughs> releasing them. <laughs> see how long it takes people to notice. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so speaking of her voice, um, I think the track we're going to go out on here is, uh, is actually the title track from the, the record late teens. And, uh, I, I, I picked this track specifically because that, that, uh, it's that first verse is just her acapella. And I think it really highlights how powerful her voice is. Um, and then when the rest of the band kicks in, it's just, it's just awesome. Um, so we'll hear that on the way out, but, uh, before we go, Caleb, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, if you are, uh, stumbling, uh, across this podcast, uh, independently of anything else that, uh, Kitsi or I have done, uh, we welcome you to check out the uh, the, the home site. What is that? For, uh, it's the, the home site for our, uh, other project, which is the never heard of it podcast, uh, in which, uh, uh our friend Michael Fide and I discuss, uh, the good, the bad, and the mostly worse movies uh, out there. <laughs> and uh, Kitsy is our wonderful audio engineer and sometimes host. And 
uh, always critic. Uh, and so uh, definitely check that out. Uh, we're, you know, we're building a little bit of a, a podcast empire, and we're, we're very proud of that. Um, so that's thenohoit.com, T-H-E-N-H-O-I-T.com. Fantastic. And where can we find you, Caleb? So I am uh, mostly around on uh, Twitter and Instagram these days, at Caleb Micah. Fantastic. And uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at HeyKitsy. Hey, Kitsy. Hey, uh, Kitsy. That's where I'll be. I'll be there. Uh, you can find us at leftofthedial.fm. Uh, still nothing there yet, but uh, by the time this goes up, uh, I hope we have gotten our shit together and actually done the website. But we'll yes. see. We'll I'm, see. I, I'm committing myself to a hard maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did get us uh, get us a logo. So that's. Uh, oh, excellent. That's that's a, uh, also uh, speaking of Jason from from Turnspit. Uh, they also did the logo for us. So that's thank uh, you, Jason. Thank you, Jason, for for this killer record and for our killer logo. Yeah. Uh, if you need uh, if you need any logo work done, hit up Jason. I will put their website link in the show description because I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I'll put it in the notes. Check it out if you need some graphic design work. Jason's amazing. And a logo is like 90% of a website anyway. I mean, yeah, especially this kind of website where it's like, who, okay, honestly, <laughs> though, who goes to a podcast website? Have you ever gone to a podcast website other than your own? Believe it or not, yes. Uh, at least two. That is two more than I've ever been to. Possibly so. three. At least two. Uh, mostly because I didn't know off the top of my head where else, uh, they were playing. Actually, definitely three, uh, because, uh, the Mac Admins podcast. I, 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 oh yeah. Okay. I've been to that website. Almost exclusively listened to their website. I think, uh, the super pod hero cast and, uh, good morning, Nancy. Okay. Well, I love, I love friends who pod. Those are <laughs> Friends Who Pod. Hey, that could be the name of our podcast empire. Yes. <laughs> it, it could end up being like a, a, a six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of thing where like every podcast uh, in, in the collective here like has to have someone from another podcast in it. So like, you know, you and Michael have your podcast and then you and I have this one. So like now Michael has to go start another one with someone else. And I have to start another one with someone else and we can just keep growing like that. And I was, I was in an episode of Superpod HeroCast, so that might count. That might count. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, 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 uh, we'll see. Let it, hey, if you're listening to this, tweet at us. Let us know if that counts. Does it count? We don't know. Does it count? Tell us. Tell us. I think it counts. And we're going to completely forget about that by the time this episode goes up. And if anyone tweets us, we're like, what the hell is this about? <laughs> Someone's going to be like, it counts. And be like, the fuck are you talking what? about? <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, I think we've rambled enough. Uh, thank you, Caleb. It was good to talk to you again this week. Thank you Likewise. all for listening. If, if, you, if you did listen to this, thank you. And if you didn't, uh, then I'm, I guess there's no point in me talking to you because you can't hear me anyway. If so, you didn't listen to this, then you'll never hear me say fuck you. Hey, there you go. <laughs> so uh, we're going we're gonna to go out on the title track, Late Teens, uh, from the album of the same name, which is That's How Title Tracks Work, uh, by Press Club. <laughs> 
and uh, we will uh, we'll catch you all next week. Bye. I was knocking back my thoughts, getting weighed down. All the bodies in the room start to fade out. I was looking for an exit, cause I let you go. I was looking for, looking for an antidote. Explosions in the sky. Yeah, we played a basement show with them once, and they oh no shut way it down. Like it was like north side of Syracuse, in this dude's basement, and they were so loud. It was amazing, but they were like ears bleedingly loud. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I actually saw them recently uh, in New Jersey, at the Starlin Ballroom, Ooh. which is not one of my favorite places to see shows it sounds um, like it would be a very fancy place it's it's not really that fancy it's actually a great venue from like a the, the building is great the sound is great um but it's uh, this is where i'm gonna get myself in trouble here it's uh it's north jersey and the crowd can be a little weird like actually i've been to a handful of shows there in my life and this explosions in the sky show is the only show i've been to where there hasn't been at least one fight breaking out in the show. Oh man, I'm trying. Like, if anywhere is gonna happen, like I feel like North Jersey would be the place. But like, I'm trying to picture a fight breaking out at an explosion in the sky show. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be really hard to do. Um, so the the again, getting off on a tangent, but this is a great story. So um, <laughs> tangents are fine. I know, I know. I just I try to focus on the records we talk about. But hey, we'll tell stories too. <laughs> um so I, I was so we're, I'm there at the explosions in the sky show with with a friend of mine and um you know it's they're they're on their like second or third song and uh it gets to a point where the song ends and it like you know gets quiet and you ever do that thing where you're trying to talk to someone next to you at a show so you're like yelling so they can hear you but then the band stops and all of a sudden you're just yelling in the room no, but that I know exactly you? what you mean. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, and it's explosions in the sky. So it's like it's a very intense, you know, like the, the crowd's actually pretty quiet, uh, and then the band, like the the song ends, the band drops out, and uh, 
and I just hear behind me, like, first fucking band I ever got high to, man, and now I'm here. It's a dream come true, man. Swear to God. <laughs> and that's the reaction the entire venue had. It was fantastic. That's great. But, it like, was th- if I were explosions in the sky, that's exactly what I would want to hear happening in the crowd. So yeah, I mean, they, the the band was laughing too. It was just, it was the perfect moment because it's it just the, the 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 song stopped, and I and I'm pretty sure this guy was trying to talk to his friend and just <laughs> d- didn't realize the song had stopped and just yelled it to, to the whole venue. It was that's, fantastic. That's great. I'm so happy with that story. <laughs> I, I am too because now I have like a really good story from that venue that's like positive and happy because usually my story is like oh you know i went to see uh i went to see alkaline trio and some asshole started a fight in the pit and i got hit in the face Mm. um yeah not not a not a big fan of that of of the crowd at that venue in general 